All right. Welcome to the Lads Weekly Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. Um, some people suggested calling it the COVID-19 edition. I don't like that. It has a negative connotation. We're going to take this on well beyond COVID-19. So, um, you know, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, here with me, I have Tom Ray and Cameron Brown, two dear friends of mine from Cape Elizabeth. Uh, you know, the reason we're doing this podcast is because we usually always watch March Madness together, take work off. It's a whole thing. Uh, this year, you know, terribly, it got canceled. So now we're sitting six feet apart around a campfire and we're going to reminisce about March Madness. Uh, Tom, Cam, feel free to say hey. Hey. Hey, it's Cam. It's Cam. Uh, good afternoon, Maddie. It's good to be here. Hey, happy Sunday, everybody. Tom here. Perfect. And if you remember correctly, uh, Cameron was a guest on the podcast season one. We talked about high school sports and how, you know, how Cam fared in those. Yeah, um, that was a great afternoon. It was, great. it was a great night. Yeah, I remember it was like 100 degrees. In <laughs> yeah, and we sat in the dark on your back porch. That's right. That's right. So um, before I get into what we're talking about, you know, I want to give a shout out to the first responders out there, everyone in the hospital, nurses, doctors, um, you know, you know, doing a great job. We'll get through this. And uh, also to the troops, to both sides, uh, you know, both sides of the troops. Um, you know, so really what we'll be talking about today <laughs> is, um, <laughs> you know, each year we watch, uh, excuse me, excuse me, I got to collect myself. It's been a while. Um, each year we watch, you know, March Madness as a group, me, Tom, and Cam. We take the first Thursday and Friday off, hunker down inside, a few pops, share. And uh, really, it's like if we were on COVID-19. No one goes outside or sees the sunlight for four straight days. We watch it. It's been the vast – for me, the past two years, or last year even, Cam and Tom have been doing it for three or four years. Um, so this year we couldn't do that, which is a real kick in the teeth. And um, the people have been asking for the Lads Weekly podcast. So, you know, I thought we would do is reminisce about our favorite March Madness games – eventually going into the Mount Rushmore of uh, March Madness. Each of, us, each of us will pick the best four. Um, so, you know, we'll go through that. We've done, you know, done some refreshing, and I'm sure it'll pique everyone else's brains here. Um, but, you know, before we get in, um, you know, the scene is that we're recording it via Zoom, uh, via headphones. We can do it all from our phones. We're all sitting around outside, close to each other, but in a respectful distance. I uh, figured we'd get some human interaction in. You know, it's through Zoom. Some people say that they started the COVID-19. There's a conspiracy theory that um, they did it just to bump their stock up. I'm not going to say it's true. I don't feed into coronavirus rumors or conspiracies, but, you know, something to be said. So, anyway, boys, I'll, uh, I'll quit the jibber-jabber, and uh, we'll, get into, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it. Soup to nuts, uh, soup to nuts approach here. Um, you know, as always, uh, no sex, politics, religion. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. This is the Lads Weekly Podcast. So, uh, all right, Cam and Tom. Um, you know, like I said, I tried to task you guys over this past week with preparing the Mount Rushmore of college basketball games. And, um, you know, I think we've all boiled down a pretty good list. I don't know yours, but you guys sound confident in them. Um, so before we get into that, you know, let's reminisce about the games that didn't necessarily make you Rushmore, but are, you know, memorable ones throughout. And, you know, I, the guidelines I put in place were one 21st century, um, you know, that, that kind of spans our lifespan here. We're, you know, ages 25 to 30. So, uh, you know, I, I capped it at 2000 as well as it had to be a tourney game. It can't be a uh, regular season game. So, um, you know, I'll start with one that didn't make my rush more, but, you know, I'm sure you guys remember, and then I'll, we'll do a little round table here. Um, one that didn't make my rush more, but I'm a huge um, proponent of was 2008 uh, Davidson versus Kansas. This was the in the lead eight game, so um, you know they were coming off the Curry was coming off a huge run. They, Kansas ended up winning, but I think David's just, Davidson just showed themselves on a national stage. I think it was a ten one game. Uh, do either of you remember that game at all? I assume, I assume, you know that you um, have a similar yeah memory for of that. sure. That uh, great game wasn't on my Rushmore either, but. Uh... There was a lot of Davidson games when Steph Curry was playing that uh, I definitely flirted with adding to the list. But uh, that was just an awesome game. Obviously, they lost, but it was kind of cool seeing them go through the tournament. Uh, Steph Curry was unbelievable and actually kind of a cool fact that maybe some people don't know. There's a Mainer on that Davidson team as well, Brian Barr. Um, but, yeah, I remember pulling for Davidson pretty hard. Um, and uh, 
obviously Kansas ended up going on to win the national title that year, but um, definitely remember that game. Great game. Steph Curry, any of those games really with Steph when he was going off was a awesome, memorable tournament for sure. Yeah, you're right. The uh, Brian Barr from Maine, I think they nicknamed him the white lobster uh, on TV. I remember that they had Brian Barr. They had, um, I remember they had a pretty good point guard that averaged like a good amount of assist. His name was Jason Richards and um, like beyond Steph, cause Steph kind of did the point and shooting guard thing. But this guy was a true point guard and he, um, Gore told me, cause my friend Max Gore went to Davidson years later that uh, Gore told me that uh, he ended up going to med school. So man of many talents. Anyway, uh, Cam, why don't you hit me with a game that maybe not didn't, didn't make you rush more, but, uh, but was certainly memorable. Yeah, sure. Just to touch on that Steph Curry, uh, Time of our, in our lives, I like you know most young males who played basketball changed their profile picture on Facebook to Steph Curry. So you know, just a fun little tidbit. But uh, wow, how many probably, likes? I was probably the first one to do it. Obviously, uh, probably around fifteen or twenty. I doubt that. And at the end <laughs> age, fifteen to twenty was hard to come by. But you know what? I, I digress. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, obviously, uh, got to pay uh, some tribute to my. Uh, I'm a modern Holy Cross versus Southern, the matchup of the tournament a couple of years ago. Um, that 16 seed playing, you really can't forget those games. But yeah, you know. That's <laughs> was, uh, what was the result of that? I kind of didn't follow Holy Cross then. Well, it was a barn burn. Holy Cross started off hot. I think they were up 20 to 9 early, feeling real good. And then, you know, they were, you know, bottom, bottom third of the entire country that year. They were super bad, but, you know snuck in the tournament got hot and uh they won by two i think two or three late drama everyone was watching the you know the bars were packed i remember i like that i like that who'd they play in their 116 matchup oh they played oregon and uh you know they hung around for the first 45 seconds but uh it was mostly a party after that oh yeah didn't they get smoked that game yeah it was like a 40 point loss (laughs) sorry to hear that I didn't set you up for that on purpose. I mean, it's just jogging my memory now. Was BC or St. Joe's in the tournament there? All right. First of all, Tom, Tom wasn't in on this argument. <laughs> uh, Tom, you know, just to give context, Tom right here, he played, uh, played at St. Joe's, which is a D3 school, who's not eligible for the tournament. So, you know, I'll stick up for you there. So but low t- blow by Cam, I'd say. Thank you. Tom, didn't you uh, – going a little off script here, didn't you um, have a – didn't you play a really good team once in preseason? You were telling me about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it wasn't preseason. So we actually traveled my junior year to play Davidson of all teams. We were just talking, talking about them. Um, and another funny side fact, Steph Curry was actually at the game watching. He was uh, pretty early on in his NBA career and he was playing at Charlotte um, that weekend. So he came and watched their game. And uh, needless to say, we don't need to say the score. We got blown out uh, by Davidson in the, but yeah, we did play Davidson. It was over a holiday break. We went to North Carolina. We get, we had a pretty fun trip, actually. We got to play at Cameron Indoor, practice there. We practiced at NC State, uh, their facility there, went to a UNC game, and then uh, we played Davidson. Uh, they, they actually made the NCAA tournament that year, too. They were very, very good, and they smoked us. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Manny. Appreciate it. I mean, it's a cool factoid, if nothing else. Um, yeah, that's St. Joseph College of Maine in uh, Standish, Maine. Check them out. Is it Standish? Nice. All right. Standish, man. Anyway, a um, couple other ones. Tom, hit me with a non-Mount Rushmore, but nonetheless memorable game. Yeah, so one that uh, definitely came to mind was, uh, I think it was 2005, Vermont versus Syracuse with uh, Rath and uh, I think it was Sorenstein. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Yeah, TJ Sorenstein, legend. Yeah. I know a lot about this game without giving yeah. any more details. Um, yeah, so that's uh, – that, that definitely comes to mind because it was just super memorable for me. Uh, I was in high school at the time still. But uh, unbelievable game. I remember watching it. And, uh, yeah, I just remember that three from the logo that kind of sealed the upset. Uh, I forget what seed Syracuse was. I think it was, like, probably a three-seed or something like that. Yeah, you know, it was they were pretty good. F- yeah, it was a 13-4. But okay. for some reason, it just felt like a 16-1 almost. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was wild, and it was just kind of cool because uh, – Vermont, America East, rocking a UMaine's conference. So maybe one day UMaine will get there, but who knows? All right, I'll start with one more, and then I'll get probably one more from each of you before we drive in, dive into our Rushmores because we'll break down those games. So that'll be, you know, the meaty part. Um, 
from my end, a, t- a game that didn't make it but was very good nonetheless. Uh, 2013, I was a freshman in college, national championship, Louisville, Michigan. I um, was reading an article today. I won't take it as my own words, but it summed it up very nicely. It was supposed to be the Trey Burke versus Rutt Smith show, but it ended up being the Luke Hancock versus Spike Albrecht show. Um, I'm sure you guys have memories of that game. So, Cam, why don't you uh, tell me what you remember about that Michigan-Louisville Yeah, was that the year uh, – was it Kevin Ware broke his leg? Was that the same tournament? I want to say yes. It was. It was. Wait, it was. I want to say yeah. It was. It was. Yep. But, uh, yeah, obviously that's something that will stick for a long time after seeing that. But, no, I remember watching that championship on my buddy Phil's bed in his dorm sophomore year. And, uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. No beers were had. We were very responsible and underage. But, yeah, it was a great game. I remember Trey Burke wasn't um, – wasn't, you know, he was, un- he was unstoppable for, uh, for a few games there. Had a good run. But, uh, yeah, uh, Luke Hancock really came out of nowhere and had a good game, if I can remember correctly. And Spike Albright, was he a walk-on at one point? I don't think he was a walk-on. Gotcha. I have no reason to believe he was a walk-on. Gotcha. But he was a freshman, and he came gotcha. in and scored 17 yeah. points yeah. in yeah. 11 minutes. Gotcha. Uh, all right, so, Tom, hit me with a, hit me with a game. Uh, I know we'll go opposite. We'll go clockwise this time. Or counterclockwise instead of clockwise. So I'm going to you twice in a row after me. Too long of an explanation. Hit me with the game. <laughs> let me uh, let me actually pass it off to Cam. I'm trying to I'm trying to scrounge up a good one here. Let me. Uh, All right, that's fine. Pass it off to Cam. We're authentic. We do things on the fly here. This is unscripted, unfiltered. Cam, hit me with one, and I got one if you if you need me to. Do that. Yeah, yeah, sure. This might is probably the same one. Uh, you, uh, Lehigh versus Duke. It's obviously uh, 15-2 upset. That was that was fun. Um, Lehigh is in the Patriot League as well, so obviously got to pay respect to the Pat League, most underrated league in the in the uh, nation. Of course, you guys understand that. But yeah, no, I remember uh, just watching some some highlights this afternoon. You know, CJ uh, first name basis was unstoppable. You know, wasn't just shooting threes; he was getting to the rim, getting fouls, and he hit his free throws. And personally, I don't like Duke, overrated, and uh, someone like someone like an Austin Rivers type who obviously had a, still has a great career in the NBA, but it was nice to see him take one of the chin from a, from a small school like Lehigh. So that was good. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, looking that one up this morning. I'm just to jog my memory. Yeah. McCollum 30 points unstoppable 15, two, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, Duke. Yeah. They had Austin Rivers. Um, they had Seth Curry who, you know, He's a Curry. He's pretty likable, but still on Duke nonetheless. They had the Plumley brothers, and they went down to um, they went down to Lehigh, and I'm sure. Yeah, well, I won't get into that. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, I was uh, I was, sorry, just uh, I was reading something this this afternoon. It was funny. It was in Greensboro, North Carolina, obviously Duke, and UNC was playing there as well, um, that weekend or whatever. But I guess UNC fans played or UNC played earlier in the day and all the UNC fans stayed to watch the Duke Lehigh game and the UNC fans just turned to Lehigh fans. So I guess, you know, just from some interviews I I read and listened to, it was pretty, pretty funny that Lehigh had just as many fans as Duke, you know, for that first round game. Um, But yeah, no. Yeah. That's a good factoid actually. Um, Yeah. No, I like that. I like that it turned into, it was basically a home game for Duke. So losing is even, better and more embarrassing, but also that it was like an even split because UNC was just for Lehigh. Um, all right, we'll jump into our Rushmores in a second, but does anyone have a game they're passionate about before we do that? Tom, I th- I'm looking at you here. Yeah, so well, that actually uh, that came to mind. It was actually really close to making my Rushmore. It was, it's actually as early as last year, and it was um, Purdue and Carson Edwards versus uh, Virginia in the uh, Elite Eight. Actually, uh, game was wild. Uh, last year's Sweet 16 and Elite Eight actually was unreal. I think it was one of the best in recent history, um, just from a great game uh, perspective. But um, that game was unreal. Carson Edwards had, I think, 42 points. Um, he had 42 points. The rest of his team, I think, had 34 maybe total, um, which is pretty unreal in a, in a college game. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's one that definitely came to mind. Um, 
and I feel like this is all right just to throw it on because I feel like we're going to jump into our rushing words here. Another one that I was pretty close to throwing on was Duke versus UCF as well. Um, Zion versus Taco was a unreal game as well. Um, again, that was the part of the same uh, Sweet 16. That was a Sweet 16 matchup, I'm pretty sure. But those two games, both for me, are were pretty pretty dang close just because they're again it was just such a good game all the way throughout and just unbelievable performances from individuals so yeah no i i would uh certainly agree with that i think i have a few more that didn't make my rushmore but are good but i think between my rushmore and your guys rushmores they're gonna make this list so i i'll digress um we'll kind of go round table here for the rushmore round what i'll do is i'll say one um you know chime in on what you remember about the game sure but then i'll move to cam move to tom and so forth there's since they're all rushmore i'm not asking you to rack them one through four so there's no order in which you need to do this so we'll kind of just spew out our uh our rushmores but to start things off i'll throw thomas jefferson up there and go with and you know again not my you know in no particular order am i doing these rushmores but i'll actually pivot and ping pong off what you said tom Duke UCF, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I think there's a little recency bias here. Um, I think because it happened last, happened last year, it stuck with me. But that Duke UCF game is on my Rushmore. Um, again, this is for the 21st century. And, you know, I think it was just such a good effort by UCF. I think that, you know, everyone was kind of behind them. But, you know, you had on one side, you had Zion, RJ Barrett, and Cameron Reddish, the best freshman class in, you know, recent years since probably Anthony Davis. Um, UCF was heroic because Taco Falls on a national stage. And then the coach's son, Aubrey Dawkins, had a huge game. I think he had like 32 points. He had ended up coming back to UCF. He wanted to play for his dad. So just his dad played at Duke before then. So just like legendary game. I was really sad to see them fall. But, you know, hats off to both sides. It was a great matchup. Um, what do you guys remember about that game? Anything? I mean, Tom, you already talked about it, but any other things? Yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point. The coach's son, um, and he actually – Dawkins, they, I, I, in my opinion, I thought they were going to win that game and they should have won. Uh, he actually missed a tip in. That was pretty, in my opinion, routine. I mean, it was obviously at the very end of the game. Uh, so fatigue was a factor, I'm sure. But he was he was the best player on the floor that game, including Zion Williamson, in my opinion. And then uh, he missed the tip in. I don't know if you guys remember that, but uh, – it was right there. And I think Duke won by one point, didn't they? Or it would have, I think they would have won the game. So um, just trying to remember, but yeah, that's, that's again, a lot of the, the factors that you brought up was kind of part of the reason why I thought about throwing it on my rush more. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just an unreal game. There are some big names involved with it, which made it uh, better. And then the coach's son too, honestly, if he tipped that in, that would have been, you know, one of those Valpo games that they show the replay of forever. So I thought that was a pretty good game. Yeah, totally agree. I think um, that actually jogged my memory. I forgot why it was so legendary beyond just being back and forth, beyond Taco being in there and fouling out, but and Zion too. You know, they're going to be remembered forever in college basketball. But it was because of that tipping. It was that didn't flush. It was insane. Um, so that was an, a ridiculous ending to a ridiculous game. Um, and yeah, before I turn it over to you, Cam, the Mount Ru- Mount Rushmore is totally. You know, it's 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 subjective. I would say the way I want to when I really boil down to okay what's on my Rushmore for me it came down to most memorable games like I can remember where I was for all these ones like these were true you know these truly stuck with me personally um I remember where I was I remember like which side I was rooting for all that so that's kind of what made my Rushmore if you guys want to go into your criteria sure but uh regardless feel free to hit me with your first one Cam as we uh speak as we move along yeah, yeah. I mean, this is uh, very recent, so definitely some recently biased and biased for me as well because I won two pools from this game. Um, so I made, you know, just under a thousand bucks. So, you know, that was a good night for me. But uh, the Villanova UNC, uh, Ooh, Chris Jenkins, buzzer beater. Yep. Obviously, most people remember that because of just how absurd and how a national championship game will end on the last shot as the time expires, which obviously doesn't happen very often, um, if ever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, it's, it's, it's a personal favorite of mine. Had a good night. Um, I specifically remember sitting with my, uh, my buddy Jack, um, and he needed UNC to win. So that was, that was also a nice little cherry on top because as he was losing, I was winning um, our pool. So that, that was always fun. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, you know, 
just remembering the game, how it was a heavyweight matchup back and forth. And I specifically remember um, both, both squads are very um, – most of them were veterans. So it was nice to see, you know, you get the Dukes, UNCs, whatever, a lot of one-and-dones. But it was nice to see a lot of seniors and juniors and just remembering, you know, the shot Marcus Page hit to tie it, the double clutch. And a lot I was going to say, yeah, yeah that goes under the radar because – Rightfully, because yeah. Jenkins hits it yeah. after that, but insane. Uh, absolutely. No, 100%. But most people forget, you know, 45 seconds later, uh, 45 seconds before, that double clutch shot, Marcus Page hit a huge three with like a minute, you know, 30 left or whatnot. That goes underrated as well. But, yeah, it was just good to see a senior, you know. Senior uh, hit, hit some big shots, and uh, obviously the ending of that game was uh, was pretty wild stuff and uh, pretty surreal, to be honest. You don't You don't see it, and – you know, it was quiet for a split second, then everyone goes nuts and uh, confetti falls. Yeah, I would say you, you recapped it really well. Memories of that game, like you said, two veteran squads and obviously those ridiculous shots. I think um, the fact that, yeah, I think uh, they talked about Ryan Archie Diacno being Philadelphia's native son, you know, senior point guard from Philadelphia. Villanova's in Philadelphia, comes down, dribbles, hits the trailer uh, for the three to win the game. Insane. So, yeah, that was that was a crazy game, definitely rightfully on the list. I bypassed it just because I didn't feel like it was that special to me personally. It was awesome. I remember where I was. I was at City Side Bar with a couple buddies. Um, it was fun. But, yeah, unreal game. Um, Tom, what about you? Hit me with your first Rushmore or a Rushmore. Oh, and Cam, does the IRS know about the 1000 bucks you made? It's tax season, so I figured. Of course, man. I don't know what's the honest guy around. Are you kidding me? All right, all right, just making sure. Good, good. Um, yeah, no, but Tom, throw a president up there. Uh, let's do a little sculpting, will you? All right, yeah. So my first one is actually uh, 2008, which was, uh, again, I'm kind of following uh, Cam's lead here. Uh, won some money on this one, and I was also a senior in high school, which made it even cooler because, you know, it actually wasn't that much money. I think I won like 200 Dude, that's, bucks. But, that's uh, South, Ho- South Portland House Pizza for days. Are you kidding yeah. me? You can well, walk in there and literally be a king. With <laughs> that's that's my whole point. That's my whole point, right? I was just saying, you know, I was in high school, so 200 bucks seems like. Did you even have a nice uh, dinner of chilies that night or what? Yeah, maybe we did. Who knows? <laughs> oh, chilies was insane. The triple dipper, three for 10 bucks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> all right, all right. But anyway, it was uh, Memphis, uh, Memphis Tigers versus uh, Kansas. And uh, that was a game Derrick Rose uh, was a. Uh, Freshman, obviously, Phenom. Uh, unreal. Memphis was actually winning, should have won. Uh, missed a bunch of free throws. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was always the knock on Calipari's team. Um, everyone kept saying that they were the heavy favorites, which they were, and they should have won. Um, but it, the knock on his teams were always that they couldn't make free throws in crucial situations. And um, that theory proved to be very true that game because uh, they missed multiple free throws again. I don't know exactly how many, but they essentially let Kansas back in the door, and then Mario Chalmers hit a three with maybe two seconds left on the clock uh, to go into overtime, and then uh, Kansas ended up pulling away. And uh, I think they ended up winning by five points. I have the final score written down here in my notes somewhere, but um, they did win uh, pretty handily in the overtime. But um, I just remember that game one because I was a senior in high school, kind of like what you were saying. I know where I was. I was watching that game. And it was just one of those situations where, you know, you hear growing up that, you know, the biggest, biggest shots are free throws, layups, easy, easy buckets, right? And then you see a team lose like that, even though I wanted Kansas to win, obviously because I was going to win money, but also just because I wanted them to win. Um, you almost felt bad for Memphis to lose that way. I remember an iconic shot. I forget the big man's name on Memphis, but I remember him specifically sitting on the bench with oh, his, I know, I know. his hands. And uh, confetti, the wrong color confetti was all over uh, his head and stuck to him. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget that that image, actually, which was uh, uh, why I, I threw it on my Mount Rushmore game. I still remember that. I remember watching that on my parents' television. So, Yeah, that was a good one. I think um, both teams were stacked. The big man, the only reason I know, I was obsessed with that Memphis team, kind of uh, uh, Joey Dorsey, I think, was the big man. He was, yeah, they had him. Chris Douglas Roberts was – you know, Derek Rose was new school, had the NBA career ahead of him, but Chris Douglas Roberts was the veteran of that team. Um, obviously, Rose shined in the championship, but unreal squads. The other side had Mario Chalmers, Brandon Rush, you know, up-and-comers like Cole Aldrich and um, 
yeah, some others, uh, Sharon Collins, I think. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you modeled your game after Derrick Rose, right? Yeah, yeah, I was a D Rose guy for sure. You know, a lot of spring in the legs. Ever after I had a knee injury in sixth grade, though, it was never really the same. Kind of like D Rose. So, sorry to everyone I let down. I guess. Um, all right, moving on though. Moving on. Uh, I'll hit you with another one. This one, I think it flies under the radar, but once I say it, you guys will, um, you guys will be oohing and on. You know, um, I'll set the stage. 2013, same year as the Michigan Louisville National Championship. I'm uh, at my brother's for Easter. Our family all went there. He was junior. Washington, D.C., nice time of year. Georgetown is a good squad that year. They're the 15th seed. Florida Gulf Coast is the two seed. This game has been deemed Dunk City. Um, Florida Gulf Coast just went off. I don't even remember the final score, but I, I, they, they beat them by a lot. Or hint, whatever, they won. I think it ended up being closer score-wise. I don't think it was a blowout, but Dunk City. Um, Sherwood Brown was my guy on that team, the Dreadlogs. I had to look up his name, but I could remember his name. Brett Comier was very good, too. Um, I remember that because it was to eat in Spanish, so I always thought that was kind of funny. Uh, my brother was just crushed. Um, it was hilarious. You know, we were there. My parents didn't know if to, like, talk or not because he was so pissed. I mean, you know, you got the squawk, squawk, squawking, like, oh, Maddie, BC. Like, you know, they, they didn't even make the tournament. Why do you have a right? Like, no, no. At that moment in time, it was all about FGCU taking down Georgetown, and I was here for it. Uh, what do you guys remember about that game? Yeah, that, that was actually on uh, my uh, Mount Rushmore as well. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, Dunk City, like, it's fun to say Dunk City, but if you watch the highlights, those dunks were savage. They were alley-oops, like, it looked like they were on the, you know, the the playground. Like, that that kid, uh, Comer, was just throwing up alley-oops. It, it felt like they were toying with Georgetown, who I personally am not a fan of as, as well. But, um, you know, it was, it was nice to see. And uh, a team like Florida Gulf Coast just kind of have fun out there, throw some hammers down. And that was like their second year of uh, uh, being eligible for the tournament. So that was pretty shocking. Uh, yeah, Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, it was one of those games. It, it was not on my Rushmore, but it was one of those ones that, you know, easily could be an honorable mention, um, like so many games could be. But I remember exactly where I was when that, that game happened. And I just remember being in awe because kind of like what Maddie said, um, it, it truly felt like they were toying with Georgetown. I know it ended up being closer, but it was it was a lot bigger margin than the scoreboard actually showed. And uh, kind of what Cam said too, the, those dunks were not just like breakaway dunks. It was like to the point where they were toying with Georgetown, like throwing alley-oop lobs without looking behind their head on breakaways with a guy trailing and like dunking over, you know. A lot of tongues out after it. A lot of showboating. You yeah. got to love it for yeah. 15 seed. Yeah, and they had, uh, yeah, they were they were ready to play for sure. I remember where I was. I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings actually with my uh, good college buddy uh, Chris Petsy. Shout out to Chris Petsy. I guess you have teammate. to be there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was that's a good game right there. That's uh, that's definitely one that I'm sure goes on to a lot of people's Mount Rushmores for this uh, for 2000 on. So awesome game. Yeah, and uh, the. Um... The best fact about that, or the, you know, biased here, but the best fact about that is that um, I remember, like, someone said it on Twitter, and then I looked it up that year in 2013. Maine beat FGCU that year. Fun fact. Regular season game, Maine beat Florida Golf Coast. Fact check me on that, listeners. Um, no, that's basically an Elite Eight berth for, for Maine, right? Or Sweet 16 berth? Yeah. Sweet 16, yeah, I think yeah. by the transitive yeah. property of uh, yeah. competition. Makes sense. I respect that, though. Yeah, Maine needed that to put them on the map. Still working on that. Sure, 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 sure. Um, actually, Cam, you know, not for the sake of time, because if you're, you know, if you're into it, you're going to listen no matter what. So I'm into it. But um, you know, killing two birds with one stone, which is good. We we hit Florida Gulf Coast, so we'll count that as your second. Um, Cam, so I'll skip over you, Tom. I'll skip to you for your second uh, Rushmore. Throw another president up there. Yeah, sorry. I was muted there for a second, boys. Uh, I apologize. Uh, another one of my Mount Rushmores was, um, I think it was, uh, I got to get my notes up here. They're on my phone, so sorry. I'm toggling back and forth between Zoom here. But uh, I have Northern Iowa and Texas A&M, actually, um, which, again, it's, it was kind of tough, but that's one of the most memorable games for me because it was one of those games where you're kind of disappointed in, um, meaning for me, when I watch games, I'm hoping that they're just close down to the end. Um, I don't want sleepers for the most part because I like to be entertained, obviously. Um, 
in this game, actually, I, I believe it was 42 seconds left in the game. A&M was down by 10 points. Um, it looked like it was just going to be a complete waste of time. Uh, and then Caruso, who is the only guy that I can really remember. I don't know anybody from Northern Iowa. Uh, I know Maddie knows somebody. I'm sure he's going to throw a name out here. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so uh, Caruso, who's like a celebrity now because he's on the Lakers and he's bald and like dunks all the time. I don't know. But um, he was on that A&M team and they should have, they should have, they were much higher seed. I think they were the three seed. Um, but anyways, it was the second round and they were down 10 and they started to come back uh, doing some research in Northern Iowa actually ran out of timeouts, which is kind of why this is at first, it seems like just a complete botch of a game. Like how do they blow it? But they actually had no timeouts. Um, A&M threw the press on and I, I can count just from, you know, researching today, at least two to three times where they were trapped and they tried to throw the ball off of somebody's foot um, to hopefully just, you know, take the ball out of bounds again and get out of a tough spot. And they missed or the AM player just moved out of the way, went right into an AM player's hand, caught it, dunked it. Um, and anyways, they came back, forced overtime, and then they won handily in, in overtime. Um, but I, I just remember going from completely bored to holy crap that was one of the wildest games I've ever seen which is why uh, that sticks with me so much because again downtown with 42 seconds they literally looked like they're about to give up A&M even or not A&M I apologize Northern Iowa had one of those press breaking plays that any basketball player knows what I'm talking about where they just send somebody on a fly route they throw it deep and they actually get a layup to actually get a bucket out of this run, uh, which looked like they, it sealed the deal. But then A&M came right back with Caruso. Northern Iowa stupidly fouled. And, um, yeah, and they ended up coming back, getting a couple turnovers and, and steals. But I, uh, one of those games I remember exactly where I was and just going from so bored to freaking out after the game was over to the point where I was just fired up the rest of the night. So Nice. And remind me, was that – I remember there was one – what year was that? Um, was that the same year that they hit the buzzer beater in the first round versus Texas or different year? Um, not to put you on the spot, because I know one year they, they, they really emerged on the national scene. And then, you know, a year like, and then there were years after that where they were still, still pretty, pretty good. good. Um, do you know what year that was? I'm not sure about the other buzzer beater, but it was 2016. Um, that's if we're looking for a specific year, so we can find that out. I'm sure we can fact check. Um, but I think, I think you're spot on. I don't think they had really emerged yet as like a national, like, cause they, they were pretty good after that. I remember and like being on the map. Um, I don't remember, or I, I could be wrong. I don't remember them being like, I know they were like ranked fairly high, like a three or four seed. I'm pretty sure. But I don't remember um, them being like a big name. People talking about them as being like a really good team. So um, yeah, I'm not sure it was 2016 though. I remember um, just off the top of my head. I don't know if Cam has any info on that. Uh. Yeah, I think it was uh, 2016, uh, if, if I can remember. But um, sorry, just to, just to add, I have a little funny anecdote about that game um, and just how absurd it was. As Maddie and Tom have experienced, I'm sure many people listening have the, uh, the Southie Parade, the St. Paddy's Day Parade, right? That's Sunday. It's always fun. Always have a good time with your buddies. Um, I specifically remember this game being on the late slot, first weekend, Sunday night. Obviously, most people know Southie Parade usually get pretty tired after, you know, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., you always want to go home. Long story short, me, my buddy, and his girlfriend sat on the couch, and we were just, you know, watching the games, desperate. We're trying to be diehard fans. We were also, you know, fading. It was a late one, 10, 30, 11, kind of in and out of sleep. And before you know it, it's midnight, and this game's still kind of happening. We're all zombies. And then this comeback happens and everyone is just looking at each other. There's no one's talking because no one, no one can really, really function at that point. But we're just like, boys, did that just happen? And we're like, yeah. And we just went to bed. Then that was, that was it. Just did some fact checking. It was a three eleven game round of 32. So just want to throw that fact out there for everybody. Sure. No, that's a good one. No, the, the reason I brought up the whole question was I think because they did do that, and I know that they hit a buzzer beater versus 
Texas, but it must have been a different year because I think that was like an 8-9 game. Uh, but regardless, um, regardless, I think th- when they got onto the national stage originally, I was like a sophomore in high school, their first time, and that's when they had Ali Farouk Manesh on the team. Legendary name was draining threes. I think they played Kansas. They might have beat Kansas or lost Kansas, one of the two. Um, but anyway, that's the first time they really emerged. But then, you know, they were quiet, and then they went back for a and and had these legendary games. So, anyway, uh, Northern Iowa has, by now is a household name in March Madness terms. Um, all right, we'll move it along. We're halfway down. We have some presidents up there, but we got, you know, Lincoln and uh, – uh, geez, what's another president's name? Uh, oh, uh, Washington on the sideline here. So we'll throw him up. We'll, we'll carve a little stone. You history buff, Matt, or? Uh, not like Kevin, my, my pop, but I'm getting there. Um, no, I've actually been around Rushmore. Fun fact with my girlfriend Maggie when we drove out to Seattle. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It Shout was, out. Uh, yeah. No, it was actually, well, it was kind of actually really creepy. We got there at like 10 at night and no one else was in the park, but it was open. Um, anyway, anyway. Um, all right. Third one here, and again, I will stress this enough that all presidents are equal on this Rushmore. Um, I'm going to go with – I'd be surprised if this wasn't on either year two Rushmores, but maybe it isn't. Butler-Duke National Championship 2010. Uh, Unreal game. We're going to have commentary, so I'll cue you guys in. What I remember the most, obviously, you know, everyone remembers Gordon Hayward. Brian Zubek shoots a foul shot with 3.6 seconds left. Makes the first miss, the second. Butler gets the rebound down by two. Um, he actually tried to miss that shot, Zubek. It came off, you know, it, you know, probably the right idea, but it backfired. Gordon Hayward gets the rebound. Matt Howard sets a hard screen at half court. Hayward sidesteps, shoots a shot, launches it, backboard, front rim, bounces off. Would have been the most legendary shot in March Madness history. Um, you know, two very good teams. Butler had Gordon Hayward, Matt Howard, who is an absolute grinder. Uh, down low, they had Sheldon Mack. Um, or, um, you know, Duke had the Kyle Singlers, John Shire, Brian Zubek, probably the most, arguably one of the most hateable, but also quintessential Duke's teams. Uh, so I was really sad Butler lost, but, you know, it was in Indy. I actually read an article recently, or maybe one of you guys told me. Uh, there's a big difference there. No, I think one of you guys told me. Tom, maybe it was you. Um, just about their, and if it was, I'll let you tell this, the, about their game day routine that day. They kind of went on like, all right, by your face, not jogging in memory, so maybe I read it. Um, apparently, Butler, since it was in Indy home game, they, they treated it just like any other game. Gordon Hayward went to class that day at, you know, his 8 or 9 a.m. class, and, the, you know, he just wanted to treat it like a home game, you know, stick to his routine, and the professor said, get out of here, man, go rest. you got to win this national championship. So I thought that was pretty cool. But, um, anyway, though, what else do you guys remember about that game? Because very legendary. I was super proud of Butler, but I uh, was sad they come off short. Yeah, no, that's uh, so that did not make my Rushmore. Definitely, again, one of those ones that flirted with it for sure. Um, absolutely, I, I remember you're spot on. He did miss that free throw on purpose, uh, which definitely backfired because that was so close. I mean, they show that replay. I feel like I see that replay once every two weeks, regardless of if it's uh, tournament time or not. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if anybody remembers, but the kind of the coolest part about that was. And I'm, I'm fairly certain it was this year. I know Butler went on another run the next year, um, and they lost again. But um, Butler, really, I remember if Pitt, uh, Pitt right, used to have an unreal team. They, they used to throw together some awesome teams out of the Big East. Um, and I remember specifically that they were about to beat Butler. Um, like, it, it was a close game, but they should have won. It might have been, like, Sweet 16 or round of 32. Um, and Gordon Hayward got a rebound on a free throw and was just getting ready to chuck up a literally a three-quarter court shot, and they fouled him on it. And I don't know if you guys remember that. I could be off on the years, but I'm almost positive it was that year, and they should have lost in the round of 32. And he went to the line, made both free throws, and they beat Pitt, who was a pretty heavy favorite because I'm sure Butler was right around like a 9 or 10 seed. I don't know, Matt, you can probably speak to that. Um, but that's kind of one of the coolest things, and they obviously had some good – they had some good players on that team as well, but – um, kind of a, a fact about Duke is that's probably one of like the weakest Duke teams that's ever won a national championship. Like you said, hateable players, but all very like average players. Like I got I don't think I can really remember a NBA talent that came off that team. Um, you know, you look at the other title teams, they had like the Okafors and uh, guys like that. Um, Tyus Jones, 
right? Those guys, but I, that Duke team really didn't. They had like a bunch of big white dudes that were good shooters and like a bunch of goons down low that just clogged the paint. And yeah, they just caught some good, uh, good opponents that they matched up with well against. So I do remember that game that was flirting with my Rushmore for sure. But those are, I don't know, someone speak to that, that pit game because I'm, I'm fairly certain that was it. But uh, I don't think they should have even been there if, they, if it wasn't for that foul. Yeah, by the uh, facial gestures, neither Cam or I know about that pit game, which is fine. Um, but, uh, but um, yeah, no, I mean, that Butler-Duke, not much more else to say. You recapped it well. Um, you know, I'll turn it over to Cam for his third one. Uh, it still stinks talking about it, that Duke team, because I'm pissed. Um, I mean, uh, Kyle Singler bummed around the NBA for a while, was on the – thunder but that's literally it they had nolan smith who's now an operations coordinator director at uh at duke like when zion blew his shoe out a few days we year uh two years ago he was the one who had to like go get him a new pair of shoes and stuff that i remember so that's not an insult that's actually more just a factoid um but they don't really have any career nba guys um oh also fun fact i saw john shire their sharpshooter um at chipotle once in uh cape elizabeth a uh or not in cable elizabeth i was on the cable Elizabeth basketball team a couple guys went after practice and it was at the main mall they're playing the red cloth the next day because he was in the d league at the time he was with jarell mcneil of marquette got an autograph me and kyle danielson got an autograph on a menu uh gave it to your dad and he had no idea who it was <laughs> tom's dad was coaching cape basketball but then he left so that was a good time uh so that jogged my memory but anyway um, we go on and on with that game, but I'll turn it over to you, Cam, for your third Rushmore. Yeah, sure. Uh, is John Shire a uh, double meat guy? Or what are you talking? Dude, he went to Duke. He was probably a no meat guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> fair. So for you does, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gross. Gross. <laughs> no. Uh, let's let's keep it on Duke. Um, I am not a Duke fan. Um, so let's go to Kansas beating Duke a couple years ago on the Elite Eight. Um, I'm sure most people don't remember this because, uh, you know, I don't know, it was kind of a Sunday night um, Elite Eight game. Kind of people get kind of fried out. Maybe it's, you know, it's on a weird time. People are out to dinner, shit like that. Um, but uh, just being a Kansas fan, a general fan, um, it was an OT thriller. Um, a lot of people can remember it because – Duke was absolutely stacked that year. They started four freshmen, Wendell Carter, Marvin Bagley, uh, Trayvon Duvall, and Gary Trent, and then the lone senior, who is also one of the most hated Duke players around, is Grayson Allen. Um, obviously, you know, stacked lineup, unbelievable. And Kansas was actually, you know, wasn't there. You know, Kansas is Kansas. But um, they didn't have the NBA talent that they normally have. You know, they had a junior two seniors a soft couple sophomores you know nothing to write home about but they were uh the number one seed in that region so it was one two matchup very good um and most people will remember it as being the over you know overtime game as i mentioned but it was grace Snallen tie game last shot shot clock is off in regulation obviously he's taken going one-on-one as a senior um, he, he gets a good look, a little fadeaway turnaround from the elbow. Backboard rims out twice, and, you know, it, it, it was almost hard to watch that it didn't fall. Um, it was shocking that uh, the, the ball didn't drop. But, um, yeah, obviously I was, I was thrilled because it was a game Duke felt like they were going to win the entire time. Kansas was kind of um, – Scrapping the whole time. It was close, but it just felt like Duke was going to pull out with all that talent. But, uh, yet, I mean, and then Duke uh, – sorry, then Kansas um, pulled out in overtime, and I think uh, Malik Newman had 30-plus that game, and he actually scored the first nine points in overtime for Kansas. So he was kind of carrying them. But, yeah, and seeing Grayson Allen lose for the Final Four senior year was always a, uh, a good – a good way to start the week on a Sunday, Sunday evening. Sure. No, that's a, that's a good recap. I think um, anytime Duke loses, it's a bonus. If it's your team beating them, that's, you know, double bonus. Um, I know your allegiance has always been to Kansas. I, uh, a little perplexed at that, but. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no rationale. I think just my older brother used to like them. So 
just one of those things. But yeah, you you got to pick a team if your school's Holy Cross. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, no, it makes sense. Um, couple powerhouses. One goes down. Grayson Allen, you know, he's he's our uh, modern day uh, Christian Leitner, only you know less clutch, less heroic. So it's always good to see him drop. Um, you know, I'm sure he tripped someone on the way out. Um, anyway, though, I'll. Uh, Tom, what about you? We're uh, we're at uh, number three for your Rushmore. Then we'll do the final round and uh, we'll we'll do a wrap. But uh, I want to want to hear what you're feeling. Yeah, for sure. So I have uh, third on mine is uh, 2015 Notre Dame versus Kentucky Elite Eight. Um, Ooh, that was <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it would probably be a popular pick, um, or at least you know flirting with that Mount Rushmore as we've kind of talked about some honorable mentions. Um, Kentucky team that was undefeated. Um, I really wanted them to lose. Also, I just really liked the Notre Dame team that year. They were super likable. They were really good. They had uh, Pat Connington, who's on the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Um, he had he was probably their best player. Um, I didn't pull uh, exact stats, but I know he had something like some crazy amount of rebounds that game. And honestly, it looked like Notre Dame was going to pull off the upset and go to the Final Four. Um, they actually fell short. There was a foul at the end. One of the Harris twins, I think there was the twins on Kentucky, uh, uh, hit two free throws um, with like six seconds left. Um, Notre Dame did put up a shot that just uh, overshot it by a little bit. But um, a couple other players that Notre Dame had, other than Connie Tim, they had, um, I think it, you pronounce it August. I wanted to say Augustine for something, but it was a big man. He had an unreal game. Um, if you remember, too, he, he played an unreal game because he was going against Carl Anthony Towns. They also had Devin Booker on that team, who are both all-stars in the NBA right now. So, um, unreal Kentucky team. And then the other player for Notre Dame that stuck out was um, Grant, who was Horace Grant's son. Jarian Grant, or uh, I believe that's how you say it. Maddie's shaking his head. So yeah, it was the Jarian. It was Jarian. Jarian. Jeremy was on Syracuse, but Jarian was on uh, Notre gotcha. Dame. All uh, right, yeah, and they they kept flashing. He, that was actually one of the games I watched. They were showing a rerun of it, but um, that elite game was just the entire game. It wasn't one of those ones that was just exciting at the end. That was back and forth nonstop the entire time. Um, just great basketball all the way around. Again, I would have loved to see Notre Dame kind of uh, pull it out. I really like the Notre Dame coach. I would have liked to see him go. They had some heartbreakers in elite in elite eight games uh, for a couple of years, but they were. They had a good run for sure. And also kind of a fun fact, Connington's from New England. He's from Massachusetts, which is awesome. Um, kind of why I was pulling for that. Um, I know Cam wants to chime in here. So. Yeah, speaking on uh, Pat Connington, my uh, roommate from college, um, Mike Galasso, used to share a lunch table with him in high school. So, you know, that's always a fun little connection. That's very fun. Huge deal for Mike. That's big. That's big. He's on the Bucks now. He's a big-time player. But, um, yeah, no, that's one that that's, was one of my all-time favorites just because it was a, an unreal basketball game. It was, you know, wire-to-wire the entire time. And uh, um, just a, a great watch. And I would have loved to see Kentucky go down because they were undefeated. We all know they got upset the next game in the Final Four against Wisconsin. Frank the Tang took them down, which is awesome to see. But, uh, yeah, that elite game, the elite eight game really uh, comes, came to mind for me. So that's why I threw that on there as number three. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I definitely flirted with that as well. Um, almost got a new, you know, almost got a new relationship with him through it on the Rushmore. But uh, just a flirt, just a flirt. Um, the um, it almost made mine. It didn't, but I remember. I, I remember where it was. I was uh, with my girlfriend Maggie, actually, and some of her friends. Some of my friends from college. We had a friend's place in North. One of her friends from high school. Uh, we were in Northeastern, so mixed it up. You know, something to do junior year in college. Um, but I do remember. You know, growing up as a BC fan and going to BC, you know, you're trained if you're if you're legit, you're trained to hate Notre Dame, just hate their guts. But having said that, I remember you know really rooting for Notre Dame that game. Um, you know, I think the whole nation was behind Notre Dame. They kind of treat you know everyone felt like it was this was our game to win to take down Kentucky. Kentucky was 38 and 0. They had you know Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. They had Devin Booker off the bench scoring 10 points, like you said. Um, Aaron Harrison did some work too. Um, yeah, Notre Dame. You know, Tom summed it up. Jerian Grant, point guard now. He was on the Bulls recently. Um, so, you know, he's still in the NBA. Very good player. Pat Connington, you know, obviously a Celtic killer. Um, really good Notre Dame, uh, New England's native son. August is actually from where I live now, Cambridge, Mass. So, shout out. Found that out today, just scoping around. He had 20 points. They also had Demetrius Jackson, who was on the Celtics and a D-League player. He only scored two points that game, though. 
I know points aren't everything, but two points, uh, he was a little light in the stat sheet. Um, they also had a fun fact. They had a young Bonte Colson off the bench. Wasn't um, an X factor, at least from the stat sheet. Yeah, and they had some other guys, but I can't remember. Um, anyway, though, Notre Dame was a very good team. Loved their coach, like he said. Um, you know, likable guy. And I was behind Notre Dame that game. So, anyway, very memorable. Didn't make my Rushmore, so I'll, that'll lead me to my last Rushmore. Um, and, you know, this is the last round. Then I have a little bonus round um, for those of you that have stuck with us and, you know, deserve a treat at the end. But my favorite, and I saved it for last, yes, it was already mentioned, um, but I didn't give away those on my Rushmore. And I kind of hinted at it, but 13 seed Syracuse, four seed UVM, 2005. Um, you know, I'm not going to claim this was like the first of the upset error, but like at that time, a 16 1 UMBC Virginia, even 15 twos didn't happen. They weren't happening. So this 13 4 game, for some reason, because Syracuse was such a powerhouse you know, coming off a national championship, not, not the year before, but recently with Carmelo Anthony and whatnot, there's such a powerhouse and UVM was, you know, they American East, they kind of felt like new England's native son. I know I've used that term a couple of times now, but you know, you really had new England behind you. And I've watched clips and specials on that since then. Um, TJ Sorrentine, their point guard, uh, Gus Johnson calls it from the parking lot. Sorrentine just heaves it up, swish from the logo. Um, probably one of the most iconic March Madness shots of the 21st century, if not ever. Um, them and Him and Taylor Coppenrath, the big man, were an unreal duo that year. They weren't there by mistake. Also, one of my fair players on the team, Jermaine Mopanesia, had the game of his life, 20 points, I think, like, a bunch of steals and rebounds. He, um, he was the X factor in that game. And, you know, they took down Hakeem Warwick and Jerry McNamara. So, um, was definitely a huge proponent of that game. Um, you yeah, know, I remember – yeah, it's going one, to one thing I didn't mean to cut you off there, but another iconic picture that I remember is uh, I forget the the old Vermont coach's name. Um, super likable guy though, just one of those guys you look at. But um, when you hit that shot from the parking lot, as you said it, Maddie, they they always scanned to him, and uh, his arms were up in the air. And I remember that that was a pretty iconic moment. Uh, I forget what year it was. It was '05, I think, right? And uh, um, so I, I was pretty young at the time, and I, I remember that's sticking out to me quite a bit. So I don't know if you want to talk to that. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but that's also one of those images that comes to mind. No, no inputs appreciated, Thomas. Never, uh, never apologize. But uh, yeah, no, that, 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 I think that image is so iconic because I've, that's the clip I've watched most from March Madness ever, actually. Um, that clip is so iconic because his name was, uh, I forget his name. I've seen so many specials on it, but super nice guy, super likable jokester. He didn't take himself too seriously. Um, he, you know, he reacted like America reacted. He didn't keep that Coach K, you know, uh, Jim Calhoun professional stone-cold face on. He threw his hands up in the air and was going crazy like the rest of us, and that's what made it so likable. So, unreal game. My favorite game of all time. Cementing it right there, Washington. Uh, move over. We got a new sheriff in town. His name's TJ Sorrentine. So, that's, that's my last Rushmore. And, Cam, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, no, that's that's a great game. Uh, fun fact: I was played in Worcester, uh, in in Worcester, Massachusetts. So obviously, being a Holy Cross guy, I'm gonna throw it in wherever I can on the court. If you watch the clip, he shoots it right around it uh, where it says Holy Cross because uh, they were obviously the host at that location uh, that round. So that's a little fun fact uh, as well. What is your last <laughs> game, Cam? <laughs> I bleed purple, man. What can I say? Um, <laughs> all right, sorry. Um, I don't think this was mentioned. This is obviously a, um, an earlier one. We weren't, you know, most of the games you've mentioned, we've been, you know, a little older in college or, or even out of college or whatnot. So you kind of watch them a little, a little differently. This one, uh, was, uh, the Illinois versus Arizona in 05. Almost made my list. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's funny when, when you, when you're younger, you care, you care so much more about these games. Um, um, you know, you feel, you feel connected to these guys. Uh, so this is something that really stuck with me. You know, the Illinois team back then, uh, they had, you know, the big three, Luther Head, Guy Brown, and Darren Williams. Um, and they were 35-1. and one. They were the best team in the country. They were, you know, stacked. They were, those three guards were just, were just savages. You know, they'd run, they'd press, they'd shoot. It was a great team, great fun team to watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure – most basketball 
people will remember, you know, the uh, the comeback they had in the Elite Eight uh, to reach the Final Four. Um, they were going against an Arizona team. I was I was thirty and six, and they were a three seed, which you know I was surprised because a thirty and six record usually gets you you know one or two uh, minimum. But uh, you know they, they had Channing Fry who led the way with twenty four points. They had Slim Stoudemire who actually. Uh, let me check right here. He didn't have the best game. Um, he shot two for 13, which is obviously a major factor in that loss. Um, but yes, yeah, like I said, they were down nine points with a minute 26. Um, and Arizona had the ball. It was steal after steal, layup, big threes. They press. Arizona didn't handle it well. They did hit their free throws, Arizona, which you know, it was even more shocking that they came back, but they just made horrible passes in the backcourt. It was just a wild game to um, to watch. Um, and obviously, you know, being a little kid, you you know, you felt, you know, jumping around, you know, you have no money involved at that point. But, you know, you felt like you were the next uh, Deron Williams or Luther Head, you know, being in middle school, working on your crossover in the, in the, uh, the driveway. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Um, just an absurd, if you ever watched the end of it, just an absurd, absurd passes, absurd plays that just kind of fell into place for Illinois, and uh, they won in overtime. And the last possession of uh, regulation was, uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but it's just like an absurd turnover, turnover, miss three, turnover. It was just like a wild scene, and then it goes into overtime. And, um, and uh, Lutherhead, and uh, Williams hit a bunch of big threes and uh, stuck with me ever since. Sorry. Yep. Uh, sorry, I was on mute there. But, yeah, no, that almost made my rush more, you know, flip a coin it could have. Um, yeah, I think that was an iconic game. I remember, I remember where I was. I was in my cousin Bert's basement in 2005. So, I was, you know, I was young, 10 or so. Um, shout out to youth. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I think that Illinois team was certainly likable. I think the fighting Illini came on the scene out of nowhere that year and was just a powerhouse. I'm still – you know, UNC is likable. I like them more than Duke any day of the week on Sunday. But I was – I always kind of a little – get a little bitter when, I, when, you know, you realize that Illinois didn't win it that year, that UNC won it. Um, shout out to UNC for doing it. But, you know, Illinois, you know, that's inexcusable. Um, but, yeah, that big three was unreal with head – Williams and Brown, three guards. You really don't see anything like that ever. Um, for them to be able to coexist like that was unreal. I was I was a huge Arizona fan. I kind of latched onto them for whatever reason. So I remember like having a meltdown, uh, literally. Um, but yeah, Salim Stoudemire was probably my favorite player. He was their best scorer. He was unreal. Um, he did not have a good game. You're right. I think he had nine points, Cam, or seven or nine points. So that's what the difference was. Shannon Fry, obviously, best NBA talent on that team. And, you know, aside from Darren Williams, arguably the best uh, NBA career. Um, Hassan Adams was pretty good too. And Mustafa Shakur. So very, two very good teams. Um, yeah. No, I just had to, had to give a shout out to that Arizona team. I like so much that let me down so hard. Um, but Tom hit us with your fourth. Yeah. So my fourth is actually, uh, I feel like a lot of people I, I gave it is uh, one of my honorable mentions um, earlier. I bet a lot of people thought it was probably going to be the Mount Rushmore. Um, but it's actually – so my fourth is um, Purdue versus Tennessee last year. Um, it, I guess it's last year, so it was 2019. Um, and, you know, the game that every, that sticks out to everyone is the game I talked about, uh, the Elite Eight when Carson Edwards had 40-plus points, um, that crazy game versus UVA. But um, as I was doing some research today, just trying to go back and, you know, scan all the games um, – that, the Sweet 16 was actually crazier. Um, Tennessee had a really good team. Uh, Grant Williams, uh, Admiral Schofield, which is a sweet name, uh, first of all. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, really good Tennessee team. And, uh, you know, it was a really good Purdue team. Obviously, they had uh, Carson Edwards, and everybody, you know, thinks of him when they think of the 2019 tournament. He had a run similar like Steph Curry. But they actually got up right about 20 points against uh, – you know, a good team and in Tennessee who was supposedly a lot of people's picks. I think Cam over here, I'm going to the final four, if not winning the national title. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Final four. Uh, obviously my brother-in-law Wiley shout out, went to Tennessee. So obviously I latched on to uh, that. It's always fun to have a, you know, big, 
big team to root for. But yeah, that that was a tough night for me. But continue. Yeah, and so, um, but really, the big story of that game was uh, Ryan Klein. I don't know if anybody remembers that name. Uh, great shooter, though. He just absolutely caught fire. But essentially, Purdue blew what was a twenty-point lead. I think there was about fifteen minutes left in the game. Um, it looked like again, it was going to be one of those games that was going to be a snoozer, one of those ones you just check in and ended up being an unreal game, absolutely crazy. Um, and Klein, after Tennessee crawled its way back and actually tied the game and took the lead by three, Klein was just out of his mind. I think he had seven threes that game, total of 27 points. Carson Edwards, I think, had 29, um, if I'm not mistaken. So he, he was the – he did lead the way there. But Klein was the story for sure. Um, I believe six of his seven threes or maybe five of his seven threes were all in the second half. Um, 24 of his points. Uh, he was just out of his mind, essentially. And if you watch the highlights of that game, he was hitting threes that nobody should have business even shooting. Uh, most of them looked like they were terrible shots. But um, I was actually chatting with Cam about this earlier today. They looked so pure, like the way that they just went through the net. It was an unreal, unreal game. Chris Weber was going insane on the call. Um, ended up going in overtime. And then Purdue ended up handling them in overtime. Uh, Tennessee was in foul trouble. I know Grant Williams had had some foul trouble, but that is one of those games where just the shots that were going down were unreal. I think at one point there was five consecutive trips for both teams where a three-pointer was hit to take the lead by three, tie, take the lead, tie, take the lead. Um, it was just an unreal sequence of events, unreal game. Um, definitely will. I know it's super recent, but that was one of those games that was just unreal to me. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. I think um... – Carson Edward was pretty much, uh, you know, seen as the native son for uh, the whole nation. I think everyone could get behind Carson Edwards. Awesome, awesome March Madness play. Like just, you know, so electric and dynamic. And, you know, now he's a Celtic, which I love. I hope he has a good NBA career. So that was amazing. Uh, really, I was happy to see Purdue win that one. Yep. And Grant Williams too, which is true. They're, they're both really nice guys. It seems like, um, you know, I don't know if that's true, but, you know, Grant Williams seems like a nice guy. I don't know about Carson Edwards, but I can't imagine he wouldn't be. Um, anyway, though, very, you know, very, very good game. I think the Rushmore, you know, you'll see our Rushmores. I'll put up a little graphic of who made what. Um, but, you know, no, I think before we wrap, one thing I was going to do, I jotted down some March Madness legends of the 21st century, and I was going to quiz these guys on, you know, I'll say a name, what school did they go to? Um, so take yourself off mute when I say the name and, you know, Jeopardy style, um, you know, let me know. I'm actually kind of pissed cause I had a list, but I think I threw it in the fire by accident. <laughs> so I'm just going to go off memory here. A lot of them like TJ Sorrentine, Taylor Coffinrath, Sherwood Brown, those would have made it, but they already been mentioned. So I'll go with ones that haven't mentioned. Uh, we'll start easy. Um, Kevin Pitt Snoggle. West Virginia. That is correct. Cameron, uh, Kevin Pitsnoggle, West Virginia, I think like the, probably the 05, 06 era, um, kind of a legend. Um, white guy that was, you know, big, but also just unreal shooter. So, um, all right. Uh, next one on the easier side. Um, should we, should we, should we be playing a game? Me and Tom, is this a, are we playing for something? Yeah, you're playing for something. It's one, nothing. Just making sure. Uh, Justin Gray is my next one. It's actually pretty tough. It's not an easy one. Pittsburgh? Nah, Wake Forest. They, he was on that team. He was a lefty sharpshooter. Same. I wrote the one. Aaron Gray. Yeah, not Aaron Gray. Uh, lefty sharpshooter. He was on Chris Paul's teams. Surprised he didn't have a good NBA career. Didn't have an NBA career, but he was really good. Um, he lost to that West Virginia team, though. Um, all right, I'll do a few more, though. Um, all right, Andre Emmett. Uh, Holy Cross. No, he was, nope, Texas A&M. He was a legend, though. Uh, March Madness legend. I think he won the dunk contest one year for them. So, um, whatever. I'll do it for, for, for college basketball. They had a dunk contest, which, you know, obviously isn't highly regarded. Um, all right, I'll do a few more. Of more recent times, but I would still be surprised you you got it. Jordair Jet. Uh, Holy Cross. No. Do you have a guess? Tom. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Totally fair. He had dreadlocks. He was on St. Louis, uh, who had some good, good first round wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. I'll do a few more. Um, they're all hard. So, uh, but you know, you're gonna have a rocky brain. Uh, Avery Jukes. 
Okay. Who are these people? <laughs> All right, you guys clearly. How how did you how did you find these? You Dude, search I'm a the archives and pick up random people. Like no, no, I'm a, a box score. Give me a rat. conference. How about you throw a conference in there? Yeah, with, with the name. He was on Butler. That's a oh well, that gave it away. <laughs> he was on Butler. He was on the national championship team that lost. Well, so. All right. Well, all I'm saying is, if you're gonna throw these ridiculous names out there, throw a conference in so we have an idea of what conference they might be and we i'm might not good with conferences though you don't. <laughs> all right all right uh but yeah he avery jokes was on butler um he was he was a sharpshooter but was a big man scored 10 points in that game they lost to duke i looked it up today so anyway so we're supposed to remember somebody scored 10 points 10 years ago yes that's insane, that was Maddie. exactly 10 years ago uh anyway all right, so we'll, we'll wrap here. The game part didn't go as I thought, but maybe it did prove that I have some, you know, weird knowledge of random players' names. Um, but, you know, I think uh, for those of you that stuck with us for the duration, which is, you know, all the grinders, all the true basketball fans out there, I think uh, reminiscing on March Madness gives us a little gleam of hope during these, uh, you know, really boring times. I would say, uh, you know, fire up, some of the, uh, fire up some of the old clips, look into some of the games we had. I think uh, – you know, they all provide good highlights in their own right. I'll probably go watch the Dunk City tape after this. So, uh, you know, before we sign off, thank you, Cam and Tom. Uh, you know, feel free to uh, have any last words. This is your platform yeah. to reach anyone. Thanks for having me, Maddie. Yeah, uh, this is my first first podcast with you. I had a I had a blast. It was fun. It's uh it's nice reminiscing about some good basketball during these uh these tough times. But uh, next year, March Madness will be back better than ever. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Matt. This is uh, really fun. Good times. Good to see some people from six feet uh, apart, of course. Uh, yeah, we'll hang up here and get, get to our defensive slides in the backyard. That's right. Be, uh, I'll be running a few suicides for sure, just to, you know, keep with it. But anyway, uh, signing off here from uh, Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Hope everyone, um, you know, stay safe out there and remember, uh, you know, go out to restaurants, go out to places that, you know, are struggling a little bit now. It's my plug. Um, you know, tip a little extra, do what you're going to do. And, uh, you know, see you on the other side of this.